Right now, you can get free carpet installation from the Home Depot. So while we're putting in your new carpet, you'll have more time to take care of the lawn. Get started on dinner. Or just lay down and relax on your new carpet after it's installed. Ah. Get your free carpet installation started with the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. It's a podcast that acts like a game show. It's an episode of Five Favorites on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. I'm your one host, Ray Coob. I'm the other host, Marcus Goldman. And this time out, buddy, we've cooked up an interesting topic for an episode of Five Favorites. We were kicking around some ideas, and we kind of refined it around to something fun about concerts. And you kind of cooked it up. What you got? I originally said something to the effect of, why don't we just talk about our first 10 concerts? It kind of grew from there, and uh, why don't we pick our five favorite concerts out of those first 10 concerts we went to? (laughs) And it's opened a whole can of worms on five favorites and concerts and favorites and eras. Yes, it has. (laughs) And this is an episode of Five Favorites, my first 10 concerts, which is going to be very different for us. I predict that much. And I don't know what Vegas might predict as we normally would do going to our guy and getting the odds on things. They don't really have any idea what shows that we've been to that early in our life. I got a response from Vegas already. Son of a bitch! The response was, ha, 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 zero. Zero? They're not even going to let us go through them? There's no chance that any of our five favorites from our first ten concerts will be a match, so their only option here is goose egg, is what he said. And that leads us to do our own bet. Now, I'm going to throw down... A pint of regimental the next time we are at Crooked Eye together over our bet when it comes down to it. But I think we need to review what our concerts were, our first 10, so that we can get an idea of what the number might be between us. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Now that we've confused everyone, including the gang in Vegas, do you want to flip a coin to see who goes first? Sounds good. Call it in the air. Tails. Tails, it is, my friend. You want to go first or am I? I'll go first. I don't feel like deferring at halftime. Oh, okay. I'm kicking <laughs> off. Gotcha. We will receive. We will receive. <laughs> All right. Starting with your first concert ever, buddy. And I've wondered about this. What is it? First concert ever was... Barry Manilow at Red Rocks. It was a big family thing with like six or seven families from the neighborhood. Sure, that and good. it was a lot of fun. And Red Rocks, again, proved how great of a venue it was at that time for me. I was blown away by the moment. Seeing Barry Manilow and his uh, musicians perform on stage, it was 
a pretty incredible night. So that was my first one. My second one was Sean Cassidy at McNichols Arena, which was the Denver version of the Spectrum, and that was in 76 or 77. Barry Manilow was 74, 75, and the Sean Cassidy concert was eh, because the girls were screaming so loud you couldn't hear them sing. Wait a minute. Isn't this the concert you said that was louder than Led Zeppelin at Madison Square Garden? I didn't say it was louder then, but I said it was probably that kind of an equivalent loud with the cr- girls okay. screaming. <laughs> two for two for the teeny bopper pop stuff. Okay, what you got at number three, buddy? <laughs> the third one was the Village People at McNichols a couple of months after Sean Cassidy and... I had a blast at that show. That was 76, 77. I was 10, 11 years old. Just intrigued by everybody dressed up. And we were right off of the side of the floor. And being a kid, it was easy for me to just shoot right down onto the floor and check everybody out dancing in costumes. And my mom was freaking out the whole time going, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, look at all these great costumes. And she's like, get back into our seats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had my hand in for a point of information, but you kind of answered it. I wanted to know who took you to the village people and you went with mom. Was dad there too? Dad was there. My brother was there. I don't know if my sister was there. I can't remember. Ah. Probably not because she was only like two or three. But that show was fantastic. As a 10-year-old kid, I was totally blown away by that. And then, like a year later, our whole world changed. In 78, we got to see Kiss at McNichols Arena. That was in the early days, the original four. It was mind-blowing. I think Ace Freely was uh, lifted up on a beam and his uh, guitar shot like uh, Roman Candle fireballs out. And it was just a hell of an experience. And young Marcus's first rock concert. I'm so proud. And then I didn't go to a concert again until 1983 because my mom got this weird bug up her ass about us going to shows. And I don't understand why. It was either because she didn't like our music or whatever the case was. But we didn't go to any concerts. I just wanted to say that the uh, effect of going to concerts together didn't resume from that period it kind of broke off mm-hmm. it didn't resume really until the late uh, 90s early 2000s when i would go to rock concerts and see his uh, fathers and sons going to see bands like steve miller and things like that so and things interesting like that, that, yeah. that also happened with you and your family having started out your first three concerts as a family yeah and then broken off from that yeah i have a different path but we'll get to mine what's your number five It's the English Beat at the Rainbow Music Hall in 1983. I actually did not have a ticket for that show, and I went there to buy a scalp ticket because all my friends had tickets, and Ranking Roger came out and was like, does anybody not have a ticket? And my friends were like, he doesn't. Just 
And I got a ticket that day to the English Beat at the Rainbow Music Hall, and it was incredible. And then a couple of months later, I saw Wall of Voodoo at the Rainbow Music Hall. And the Rainbow Music Hall in Denver was this little standalone place that held like 500 people. It had incredible acoustics, and now it's a goddamn CVS. It was a great place. That's where all the punk and alternative shows went in Denver. It was in South Denver, and it was a great place to see a show. And then, like, literally a month after Wall of Voodoo, Black Flag and Nig Heist opening up for them at the Rainbow Music Hall, and that was incredible. <laughs> oh, boy, was that a show. Uh, you dove right into the punk end of the pool, man. Once you went, you went deep, man. You're there at Wall of Voodoo at the Rainbow in Denver. I'm playing them on the radio at a college station on the East mm-hmm. Coast. We didn't even know how our paths were, were like kind of paralleling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, yeah, with Black Flag and the roadies came out, and they're like, they came out in wigs and played heavy metal to piss off the skinheads and get them <laughs> fired up. And they were saying things like, if you don't like this music, you can spit in our assholes. And they were bending over, and the punks were spitting at them. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Had no idea. I was like, I backed up out of the pit at that point. I'm like, I don't want any of that. And I just watched the chaos happen. What was number nine, buddy? Number nine was the first concert at Red Rocks that I got to see with my friends. And that was June 1st, 1983. The English Beat, Bow Wow Wow, and R.E.M. I say after seeing them in a small place, seeing them on the big stage, the beat was mind blowing. REM, it was their first big major IRS tour. Bow Wow Wow was making all sorts of noise with I Want Candy, and Annabella Lewin was totally hot, and she and was the same was age as me. The yep. Station. Unbelievable, man. Yep. And then two days later, number 10, U2 and the Divinals at Red Rocks, June 3rd, 1983, that legendary under a blood red uh, sky. The alarm were supposed to play, but it was raining really hard when they were supposed to be on the stage, so they didn't play. The Divinals played. They were great. This was before I touched myself. And then U2 came out and just crushed that night. Like I saw the psychedelic furs and Howard Jones that summer too at Red Rocks. No honorable mentions on this one because <laughs> I could do a plus five to mine. And guess what? If I did the next five beyond my ten, it changes my fave five. How about that? It oh, absolutely. I just learned so much about your path and how you got to where you became Jumping the Fire Chaos Boy. Oh, totally. I get it. I fully get it. Not like I didn't before, but now I really fully get it. 
if my parents had kept the path up that we had started in the early years and taken us to some of those concerts like ELO in the late 70s and Cheap Trick and Sticks in the late 70s like I wanted to, that list would be totally different. So, Point of departure for young Marcus in the Darkest. And now, Ray, your first 10 concerts, which I cannot wait to hear. Well, at first I thought this is going to be easy because they were all at the spectrum. But then I looked deeper into it and I went, oh, wait, there's some other stuff you might not have considered. So my first concert ever, I've talked about it. Alice Cooper and Susie Quattro together, April 25th, 1975. It was the Welcome to My Nightmare tour. Absolute nosebleeds out of my mind the whole time. It was amazing, even from afar. Wow. My second concert is most memorable for being my first drunken incident at a show. It was bad, and I learned my lesson and have never had a night like that again at a concert. Saw Bachman Turner Overdrive. They kicked ass. I was passed out drunk through Poco and saw Kansas. Did I tell you what happened at the end of Kansas? Know what I'll happened. save that for another night. Right. That was at the Spectrum on July 17th, 1975. So a couple months had passed there. Having recovered from my hangover and convincing my mother that it wasn't me that vomited on my shirt, I returned to the scene of the crime four days later to see Yes on the Relayer Tour on the 21st of July. It marked my first weed confiscation at the gate. Where'd you hide it? Sock. And they found it, of course. I was that guy for the night. And they smoked it. Probably. Funny part is, years later, when I was working for the radio station, I knew all those guys. Number four on my concert hit list, again at the Spectrum. It's a few months later, February 25th, 1976. It's my first date concert. I make a note about that. On the Magic Cat Tour, it's Cat Stevens. Now, that's a show that you might have gone to with the family, right? I'm sure that's one we would have gone to. Tragedy strikes, and the first major missed concert of my life happens before I get to number five. I was really into this girl, Allison, from high school. Met her through one of those student exchange things between our schools. And I really was looking forward to seeing Paul McCartney and Wings on the Wings Over America tour. Spectrum. We had tickets. We are going to go to one of those shows in May 1976. Then I got the call that she has to, and I'm using the quote marks, go to Greece with her parents. It's known in my life as the Allison had to go to Greece incident. And before she had a thought to see if I wanted the tickets, she somehow gave them to somebody else. Bummer. That miss was cured with one of the great concerts of all time in Philadelphia concert history, JFK Stadium, 
June 12, 1976. Most of my graduating class and all of our friends were there for, yes, Peter Frampton, Gary Wright, and the Pooset Dart Band, preceded by some mummers. Yep, mummers at JFK Stadium. <laughs> and that was the tour where Gary Wright was doing everything by himself, just him on stage with all keyboards. It was really cool to see. Frampton was coming alive and, yes, was at their initial peak. And one of the coolest things I've ever seen and experienced and witnessed at a concert in my life. A little scary at times once it got cold at night and people started setting shit on fire, but it was a great concert. <laughs> and you got to see Bob Mayo. Mr. Bob Mayo. Number six is ZZ Top, Blue Oyster Colt, and Ted Nugent all together at dance concert. June 26, 1976, ZZ Top with that big stage shaped like Texas and all the livestock and all the amazing music that they were playing back then. And yes, some numbnut threw an M80 from the upper deck and did not hit anything on stage, fortunately. That went on in those days. Also, with Blue Oyster Cult, it was the second laser show I'd seen in just two weeks. And the show they put on on that tour, amazing Number seven for me happened when I went away to college at Kutztown State on the green, fall of 76. I can't remember the date. Johnny's Dance Band. They were a Philly area band that made a lot of noise for a while. And got to see them right after getting to school. Number eight is another concert. I thought it was a free concert. It turns out we got tickets that you had to buy through the student union at Lehigh University. November 21st, Saturday afternoon in 1976, on the green, sprawled out and listening to Procol Harum on a windy day. By the way, the wind caused trouble with the sound system. It was one of those old PAs, right? Oh. Number nine's going to blow your fucking mind, bro. Can't wait. April 13th, 1977, at the Roxy Theater. It's still there, operating as a movie theater in Northampton, PA, near Bethlehem. Budgie. Whoa. Ear blisteringly loud. And by the way... <laughs> It's on YouTube. I was watching it the other day. And the audio is way better than it felt the night I saw him. But, man, that was unbelievable. Did you see yourself in the crowd in the video? Not yet. (laughs) All right, we've been whammering on about this stuff. Uh, Let me give you my number 10. It's The Grateful Dead. My first time seeing The Grateful Dead. Spectrum, April 22nd, 1977. First of 35 or 36 shows I'd see The Dead over the years. And it was my first time as my number 10 concert. Wow. Now, all I want to say is if I add in my next five, it would drastically change my five faves, by the way. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. We would have both changed uh, with our five faves because the next five on my list are crazy, too. It includes the Ramones. It includes Shaka Khan and Dwayne Allman at the American University campus. Weird Al. Yeah. Yep. My next five include my next dead show which was fucking awesome it's probably the next night or something really like that. that no it was like a year later there's a whole story with that after that the next shows are springsteen in may and in august a total of three shows that i saw including his return to philadelphia stage 
Ed Shockey is the MC, and me in the third row. That's right, Sparks flew that night, brother. Also on there, yes, two nights in the round at the Philadelphia Air Conditioned Spectrum in 1978. The most amazing two nights of yes I've ever seen because of my proximity and my position to watch. Cool. Neil Young, my first Neil Young show, Russ Never Sleeps Tour, September 78 at the Spectrum. Wow. And, and also the Jay Giles Band, Southside Johnny, and that Johnny's Dance Band at the Spectrum in a dance concert the day after Christmas in 78. Those are my next five. So, yeah, it would have changed everything for both of us. Wow. All righty, man. We got to stop right here because we could keep this list going for hours, literally. So let's take a break and come back and do our five faves of our first ten concerts. Next on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. You know, Marcus, when Marisa got back from her power walk the other day, she started doing a testimonial for Boldfoot Socks. So I told her, hold on, and I sat her down and had her record it. Hey, Marisa, tell us all about your Boldfoot Socks. You know how much I love to go out on that 5.30 a.m. power walk, and I'm usually coming home sweating and dripping wet from head to toe. But since I bought my Boldfoot Socks... That isn't true anymore, at least not for my toes. After any workout or one of my long walks, I take off my shoes, I take off my socks, and I can't believe how dry my feet are. Even my socks aren't really that wet. These are the bold foot socks that I'm telling you about. Uh, They're so comfortable that I barely feel them on my feet when I'm walking or exercising. Every time you put on these socks, there's two words in capital letters that have so much meaning, you see the words, be bold. What that means to me is that if I'm going to go out for that walk, that jog, to the gym, wherever I'm going, it gives me a message that I can give it my best shot, that I can be empowered. I know it sounds crazy. It's just a pair of socks, but that's what it does for me. And they also wick the sweat away. That's Boldfoot Socks at boldfoot.com. Check them out and be bold. Hey, Ray, it's been a really fun summer, and included in that summer fun is all the happenings at Crooked Eye Brewery over in the heart of Hatboro. So much going on, including the opening of the Crooked Eye Kitchen and the arrival of Salty Vets Barbecue. Matt and his team started small, but demand immediately outgrew what they'd done, so they've been making more to keep people fed over there. I got to tell you, man, so much has changed in the way things are going, too, like Rich and John are doing a duet now, and they're appearing regularly in addition to all the the regulars like the Crooked Eye Band. And And with the fall coming on, you're going to see some really nice fall varieties of beers in the And cider, too, probably. Don't forget, it's all there. Craft cocktails, too, at Crooked Eye at the main location right there off York Road in Hapro. Pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014 and now pouring craft cocktails and serving up that salty vet fall off the bone barbecue. Keep up with what's going on at the Crooked Eye Brewery by following them on Facebook. Back and ready to go to a concert. No, really. It's all about our five favorite concerts out of our first ten. 
And it's a really interesting idea that you kind of cooked up there. And we have so many little weird ideas about five favorites. If you have one, you can always send it to us in an email, imbalancehistory at gmail.com. We'd probably let you come on and do your five favorites if you wanted to do it. You know? Absolutely. It's like that around here. Yeah. It's loose. Yeah. Never know. So, first, before we do anything else, I have to speak to Vegas here from the Dark Doc Studios and say, You were right, motherfuckers. <laughs> There's no way that we have any in common on this episode of Five Favorites on the Imbalance History Podcast. We just don't. We couldn't possibly. And we don't. No chance. So, Good by you, Vegas. Those gamblers are smart. They don't live in fancy houses and drive Lamborghinis for nothing. True. All right, you drew the short straw at the break, so it's your turn to go first in our five favorite concerts out of our first ten. Number five, The Village People. The impact that show had on me was monumental. Seeing everybody in costume dancing around and having fun and not caring about anything or what anybody thought made a huge impression on me and the music was fun as hell too and as a 10 11 year old kid being able to dance to some disco as you so much uh dislike ray it was great so that's all i'm gonna say and getting in trouble was a lot of fun too (laughs) always Wow, your number five sounds a lot like my number five, except for the disco reference, because it's my first ever Grateful Dead show at the Spectrum, and there was great music, and people were in costumes and swirling and dancing, and it was just everything you said. I'm sitting there going, yep, 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 oh, no, yeah, the disco, no. But other than that, it's my first Grateful Dead concert at number five. Cold and shackles, ball and chain. Gotta love the twirling. What a great show that had to be. So that was your number five. What's your number four? It's a funny thing about my number four because it happens when you go to a concert and you see an opening act before you see the band that you maybe went to see. So as my personal rock and roll history rolls, I saw Paul Carrick perform before I saw the band that I love so much. Yes. It was at the Spectrum show. Relayer tour, just incredible. You know, the one where they confiscated the weed from my sock. Oh, that one. What a tour. And the stage had this huge mushroom thing over top of the drummer, which I thought at the time was Bruford, but turns out it was Alan White. Yes, at the Spectrum, 1975, my number four. Your number four? My number four is Kiss. 78 at McNichols Arena. The impact of a show with fire and uh, craziness and that hard rock and sound just mind-blowing at the time. And the makeup and all of it and the leather and the costumes and the crowd. 
Oh, yeah. Fire, fire, fire. It's still relevant. (laughs) And as we discussed, KISS will go on forever. They're already starting to look for the people to play themselves when they decide they're going to retire. It's just amazing. The road goes on forever for them, for sure. No doubt about it. That means you got to do number three, bro. My number three was a multi-bill at Red Rocks in 83, June 1st, the English Beat, Bow Wow Wow, and R.E.M. together. That show was so much fun. It was the first Red Rocks show I went to with all of my friends, and we had so much fun. We weren't wasted the whole time or anything like that. We just enjoyed the music. Question, point of order, Sarah, point of information. Who closed the show that night? Because REM was pretty big at that point, weren't they? It was no, that was actually right before Radio Free Europe blew up for them. So it was Bow Wow Wow second. They were actually the opening band and did like a twenty-five minute set. Then Bow Wow Wow did a set, forty-five minutes, and then the English Beat did like an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and a half, and it was so much fun. The kids were dancing. It was just a really fun night at Red Rocks. For me to do my number three, and it was ZZ Top, Blue Oyster Colt, and Ted Nugent. Just all out rock and roll fun. Down on the floor of the spectrum, they'd take all the seats out, they would call it a dance concert. That night, it was crazy fun, you know, taking Texas to the people and Blue Oyster Colt, seeing them for the first time, being there about, I don't know. 25, 35 feet from the stage. <laughs> Rockstar stuff. Oh, that had to be a blast. That had to be insane. So we've got your number three down. What's your number two? First show ever. Me screaming like a lunatic through the whole set. an amazing visual experience as well as the audio. The stage show that Alice did to debut as a solo artist on Welcome to My Nightmare at the Spectrum. Alice Cooper, my number two. How about for you? My number two, the very first English Beat show I went to at the Rainbow Music Hall because Ranking Roger gave me a ticket to that show and it was so much fun in a small atmosphere, dancing and sweating with everybody else to the grooves of the English beat. It was a blast. 
And now we're around to our number ones of our favorite five concerts out of our first 10 concerts we ever went to. What you got there at number one? I'd have to bet you probably already know what it is. It was the Divinals and U2 at Red Rocks in 1983. Still my favorite concert to this day, The Magic. Bob Dylan did it. They called it Hard Rain and made a movie, and that's what you got right here. So you're all a part of history. Thanks for bearing with us. Hold on. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm Red Rocks welcome, please, from Dublin, Ireland, What happened at Red Rocks, super special. I still get goosebumps whenever I even replay the Barry Faye intro in my head before U2 comes out and just starts wrecking the crowd. such a fun night they filmed it for mtv i have friends that were on screen at points because we were so close to the stage i got to experience it young and it's still 40 plus years later is in my brain etched hard and it's not easy to get something into that brain etched hard i'm just saying True fact. Plus, we've seen thousands of shows since then. Right. So People it's... tell me, oh, man, that show we saw together here, there, and I went, oh, yeah, we went to that. And to them, it's etched in their brain. So everybody's different for different shows. Absolutely. Even things we all love. You know, that's the thing about it. Absolutely. And so what is your number one, Mr. Coob? Everybody I knew was there. It's etched in my brain. I'm just kidding. But it is, and I'll tell you about one visual I have from the S concert in 1976 at JFK. When they're doing stuff like To Be Over or some of the long-form spacey stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And the laser's shooting out over the crowd, and you can see, because it goes so far, that you can see the curve of it, where it starts to turn in the sky. Also... It got cold after a long day in the heat, smoking pot with little water. And for heat, people were breaking up stuff like skids from the, you know, T-shirt stands and the soda stands and stuff like that and burning them in the stands. Little fires. Anyone who was there knows about it. There are fires everywhere. And yes, they were just amazing that day. They, they came out as, you know, the sun was going down, Frampton frolicking in the sun at the peak of his comes alive. Totally uh, the dominant force that day. He'd come back a year later and do a show where he was the headliner. And not an easy thing to do ever. But certainly in those days, it was becoming a thing. And Frampton came alive that day. My number one. Yes, JFK in 76. That's a big goose egg for us. Dude, that's the hugest goose egg ever. Uh, But people heard about some great shows. And people have probably experienced great shows at that same level. So. 
You know what happens now whenever you start talking about you 2 at Red Rocks? I start hearing in my head the Barry Fay intro and then what, what happens next because we've had it on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, when we've talked about that show before. Mm-hmm. And it impacts me now wow. more than it ever did. And it had a pretty good impact on me from when the album came out. Oh, so yeah. I'm just saying. You know, we almost end up doing our five favorite concerts from the 80s. And you 2 is a bigger part of that for me. We talk about all that another time here on Five Favorites on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. We'd definitely love to know what your uh, five favorite early concerts were out of your first ten concerts. So please share via email, imbalancehistory at gmail.com. You can hit us up on any of our social media sites. I had to because I gave you the first concert. I knew I'd get you. But you made it through talking about uh, all those ways to get in touch with us here on the podcast, which is on the Pantheon Podcast Network and a production of Dark Duck Media. Till the next time that we get together and have fun on Five Favorites or any episode, I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And this is the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh yeah, like when I hold the door for someone. Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and now they're running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.